Welcome back to Behind the Screens. I'm Simon Burton from Numero. And I'm Matthew Liebman from Vista Group. Our third amigo, Ryan, is on leave, so it's just you and me to discuss Barbenheimer, Simon. Did you see either of them yet? I haven't yet. No, Matt. I'm going to uh, take my daughter to see Barbie some, at some stage this week. Well, that's great because um, it's taken a monster amount of money and it looks like there's a few dollars still out in the world to come, including yours. Um, I was in Sydney over the weekend staying with my folks and they live right next to one of the most iconic theatres in the country. It's a 700-seater. And I videoed the line to try and get into Oppenheimer there. It took me 90 seconds at a regular walking pace to cover two-thirds of the line. So it's you know we're seeing similar stories, similar videos around the world. It's a really exciting week. So should we jump in straight away and start talking about the first of these two being Barbie? Yeah, as you said, Matt, extremely exciting for the entire industry, right? I mean, watching all those box office numbers just go up and up and up over the weekend was, was, was really exciting and great news for the entire industry. Looking at Barbie domestically this past weekend, $162 million, another $194 million from 69 international markets led by the United Kingdom, grossing $24.2 million for an overall opening worldwide weekend of $356.3 million. That's amazing. So it's not only um, smashing all expectations, it's breaking a few records. Uh, Are there any you want to touch on? There's a long list, isn't there? I guess we'll just try and cherry pick a couple. Uh, That domestic opening is the highest opening of 2023, going past the Super Mario Brothers movie, which took in $146.3 million for its three-day weekend. Uh, that's the fourth biggest domestic weekend ever, as in the total gross from the weekend domestically, which the, and the top three weekends, you've got Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War and Star Wars The Force Awakens. So It's amazing, huge, right? <laughs> yeah, some huge, um, huge numbers put up by, by those titles. So to come in fourth after those is, is incredible. Uh, and it's the biggest opening weekend ever for a female-directed film. Previous best was Captain Marvel, which took $153 million in 2019. And, you know, audiences are loving it. Critics are loving it. It sits for a rare um, circumstance of 90% Rotten Tomatoes reviewers, 90% there for the audience. Last I looked, cinema scores sitting at A. You know, I think one of the things you might want to do is we're, we're especially in a strike and the stars can't do much to promote movies. Get Ben Shapiro to burn your movie's merchandise and do a 43-minute rant. It feels like... Um, as much as all the positive uh, marketing's out there, some of that right-wing reaction, I think, has, has spurred people on as well. Why don't I jump into the audience? I'll play the role of Ryan this weekend. The most similar films for Barbie prove that there is a Barbenheimer element. The number one most similar film by audience is Oppenheimer at the moment. And then you go down an art house um, angle with the Greta Gerwig crowd. Joyride was in there, Asteroid City. Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings. There's a family element. So you've got Little Mermaid and Elemental in the top eight and some genuine four quadrants. You've got Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians 3. So you really do hit four quadrants with this film. And I'm going to look at those eight titles, the ones that I've just mentioned as the benchmark against Barbie. And what we found over the opening weekend domestically is that Barbie had a much greater infrequent audience. It was 43% versus 34%. That came a little bit at the expense of the occasionals and the inf- and the frequent audience, roughly the same. You don't get that number if you're not pulling people who haven't been to the cinema for a while. 
And in fact, almost one in five people, 19%, hadn't been to the cinema for six or more months prior to coming in to see Barbie. If we look at the demographics, possibly no surprise, it was 60, 40 female male. The benchmark titles were go 40, 60. So it was a complete inverse. Uh, to step back though and leave those eight benchmark titles aside for a moment and compare Barbie to the opening weekend audience of every movie in our database, women aged 54 and under outperformed the average opening weekend audience against other all other films at that same age bracket, but it particularly outperformed amongst women 18 to 34, which were about double what you would expect to see over the opening weekend. Males 18 to 34 marginally overperformed, I guess maybe one thing I was a little surprised is the split when we look domestically between rural, suburban and urban was no different. I thought maybe this might lean in a little more urban. It's great that it's found its equal um, appeal across the entire domestic market. And from a transactional perspective, we're seeing no surprises, way, way more money being spent on standard versus premium. That's because Oppenheimer's grabbed most of those big screens and I think Mission Impossible would have grabbed whatever the scraps were. But that shows even more just how well Barbie's done because it's done it on a standard ticket price without access to premium ticket prices to drive that box office up even more. You know, this, this film doesn't need our help, but I do think that there's a see it again aspect. Interestingly, even over the opening weekend, about one in 25 people have already had a repeat visit. There's the option, this is, this is real pop culture at its best, take a friend who's not seen it and potentially bring a guy. You know, try and swing that 60, 40 female to male back around because you don't get to a 90% Rotten Tomato score if both genders aren't finding this to be a, a, a cracking movie. So off to a start, but that's not the only film, eh, mate? Oh, great summary, Matt. Well done. No, the other huge blockbuster opening this past weekend was Oppenheimer, which took a domestic opening weekend of $82.4 million, another $98 million internationally, for a worldwide opening weekend total of $180 million. This was, um, uh, I've got to see this one as well. I don't know whether you remember last week I said Barbie was my favourite film of the year, but it might change 24 hours later. Well, it changed 24 hours later, so Barbie's in the second slot. This is the fastest moving three hours I've seen in a while. My 18-year-old son said it moved faster than the last few Marvel films he saw, and it's a talky drama. I mean, no surprises, one bomb goes off. But after that, it's a period biopic and it just clips along. What's interesting here is when we look at the most similar films and they track more like major action blockbusters. You've got Dead Reckoning, Across the Spider-Verse, Guardians 3, also The Flash, Indiana Jones and The Batman. There's maybe um, a bit of that Batman connection in there. You know, Christopher Nolan plays mainstream with Batman Inception Tenant and he pulls people into Dunkirk in this. And there's a little bit of that auteur indie in Asteroid City also appearing here as well as Barbie. And once again, I take those eight audiences and run you through the comparison um, of the eight titles to, to Oppenheimer. Um, frequency was pretty much the same as the benchmark. There was not a big outperform. At the same time, about 17% hadn't been to the theatre for six months or more prior to seeing Oppenheimer. That was about 14% for those eight benchmark titles. We're no surprise seeing much, much more in the large format space. It had both the supply and the demand on those big screens, 39% versus 21% for those other films I mentioned, which would have got PLFs and big screen in that opening weekend as well. 
And from a demo, this is much more male skewed, uh, 67% male. Um, and what we will do again is take a step back now from those eight titles, compare them to the opening weekend of all movies. And Oppenheimer, men aged 64 and under, outperformed what you would expect to see on an average open weekend for those, those people aged 64 and under. Once again, outperformed amongst the 18 to 34-year-old male, almost about 50% up. There were no women who outperformed their average in this particular film, and only the 18 to 34 males outperformed in both Barbie and in Oppenheimer. For, for me, this option is how do you push women to complete the Barbenheimer double, as few of them have come across to see Oppenheimer as, as have seen Barbie. And Simon, I'm calling that an untapped opportunity. Yeah, wait for all the, the laughter to dissipate, Matt. Yep, yep, okay. And we're back. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, again, uh, we've had a rare double where critics and audiences have matched up, both of them at 94%, so level as they were with Barbie, and Cinema Score at an A. So I tapped in, Simon, to Dr. Brian Smith, who's Movio's VP of Research. Basically, he is our smartest and most senior data scientist. And I asked him if he could prove whether there was a real Barbenheimer phenomenon. And by that, I mean people who went and saw both films over the opening weekend. And he came up with the goods as he often does. About 10% of everyone who watched Barbie also went on to watch Oppenheimer over the opening weekend. And almost 17% of everyone who saw Oppenheimer went on to watch Barbie over the opening weekend. And what I wanna do now is just pull back at a couple of the sub demographics. More than one in five males aged 18 to 34 who watched Barbie, went on to watch Oppenheimer and vice versa. It was both about 21%. And a remarkable 31% of women aged 18 to 34 who watched Oppenheimer also watched Barbie. So it's more than just stars holding up tickets for each other's movies. This thing really did play off each other. And I think completing the double is a real promotional opportunity for cinemas to find people who'd seen one and, and make sure they go back and see the second. And I think Barbie in particular has repeatability about it as well. Bring a friend, bring a mate, go see it again. Um, and I think it's lucky because we're about to go into a quieter release period and we need movies to have legs. Absolutely, Barbie's certainly gonna, uh, gonna have those. Simon, other movies made some money. It wasn't just a two film market this weekend. Do you wanna talk some holdovers? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the ratios of, of who saw Barbie Oppenheimer and Sound of Freedom in week three. <laughs> the third ranked title at the domestic box office, taking another $19.8 million. Uh, really does just keep on keeping on this title, only a 27% drop from the previous weekend, now up to $125 million cum domestically. Uh, relegating Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in week two to fourth position, which had a 64% drop, taking $19.5 million domestically. Its domestic cum is now approaching $120 million with another $252 million international for $370 million worldwide. Uh, and then rounding out the numbers, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in week four, taking another $7 million domestically, bringing its worldwide cum to $355 million. Yeah, so take a, taking a, a second to discuss Sound of Freedom, it's not playing outside of the domestic market at the moment, so I've not seen it. But I was listening to the Bulwark Goes to Hollywood podcast and they were saying at the end of the movie, 
there's a, a bit on screen where Jim Caviezel gets up and thanks people for seeing the film in cinema the way it should be. But the, the interesting bit is he then throws up a QR code and says, would you donate a ticket to somebody who can't afford it and pay it forward so they can come into cinemas? Um, I've never heard of anything like that before. It'd be really interesting if we could find out um, to what extent is this keeping the momentum going on that film? It's a real novel way of, of pulling people back in theatres. Yeah. So, I mean, do you reckon that, that um, you know, based on Jim Caviezel's background, that Tom Cruise might be regretting being a Scientologist instead of a follower of a QAnon? No comment, Matt. Okay. So looking ahead to next week, we expect some enormous holds for, for Barbie and Oppenheimer, and we also have the Haunted Mansion hitting screens from Disney. One of my favourite rides uh, when we were living in LA and going to Disneyland regularly. Hopefully this film's a little stronger than the previous Haunted Mansion, the Eddie Murphy one going back 10 plus years. Um, but again, it looks like a bit of counter-programming. Uh, we've, we've not had so many family films. The other thing I'm hearing, and Simon, you let me know if you've heard this as well, is the exhibitors are committed to trying to keep mission on as long as possible so that they might even be able to expand those showtimes should or when some of the heat comes off Barbie and Oppenheimer. So hopefully we haven't seen the last of that. It's a terrific movie as well. Yeah, I agree. So that's it for Behind the Screens. It's um, It's been awesome to hop on and talk. Excellent box office that blows everyone's uh, expectations away. It's great that it's coming off original IP as well, or at least non-sequels. And uh, long may it last. And here's to a big week next weekend with the addition of Haunted Mansion. Movie on Numero are two of the businesses within the Vista Group, the world-leading provider of technology solutions to the global film industry. For more moviegoer insights, be sure to visit movio.co and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. The Behind the Screens podcast is produced by Grace Furness and edited by Patrick Hanna.